0: Hello everyone, Mike Schiappa here, Chief Procurement Officer at Beeline. Welcome back to the podcast series, CPO Open Mic, where I discuss thought leadership, industry insights, current trends, and future thought-provoking topics. On every episode, a new guest from the procurement ecosystem joins me to discuss their area of expertise, passions, and a lot more. On today's episode, I am super excited to be joined by Nina Vaca, chairman and CEO of the Pinnacle Group, a global workforce solutions provider. Pinnacle is among the largest and most successful firms in the industry and has twice been named the fastest growing woman-owned company of any kind in the US. They are also the first Beeline certified diverse firm, which is really cool. Nina has many accolades, but I'd like to just highlight a few. Nina is a member of the Staffing Industry Analysts Hall of Fame and has been honored as part of the Global Power 150 Women in Staffing for each of the past six years. Nina is also a German Marshall Fellow, a British American Project Fellow, a Henry Crown Fellow at the Aspen Institute, and in 2019 became a lifetime member of the Council on Foreign Relations. Nina is also a recipient of the coveted Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award. In addition to her leadership of Pinnacle, Nina serves as a director on three corporate boards of publicly traded companies. She's also a civic leader and a philanthropist working relentlessly to expand educational and business opportunities for minorities and women in STEM another cool thing that I'd love to talk about is in 2014, Nina was appointed by the White House as a presidential ambassador for global entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is one of the things that we're going to be discussing today. Nina and I met several years ago when I was at my previous company. At the time, we were looking to make some significant changes in the business and transform the way that I wanted to do business in the contingent labor space. I was really impressed with her organization's approach, the people, and the ability to articulate the journey that they were willing to join us on. And it certainly proved to be a really huge success for both organizations. So Nina, thank you for joining me today and welcome to the podcast.
1: Mike, thank you so much for having me. Before we begin, let me just set the frame. I have the deepest respect and admiration, as long as I've known you for your courage to do something different and to do different things. Creating a podcast where you have the vision and the courage to bring different diverse leaders and diversity of thought in the procurement chain, I just wanna tell you how much I appreciate that. So it is a gift that you're giving to others and it's an honor for me to be included. So thank you so much.
0: That's great. Thank you so much. I really, I really do appreciate that. Okay. So we have a few topics that we wanted to discuss today. The three big themes that I wanted to cover with, with you today was around entrepreneurship, leadership, and culture. One way to kind of dig in and get the ball rolling here is Pinnacle has a great story. And it's a story, which you told me a couple weeks ago, it's a 25 year story, which is remarkable. And congratulations, that's just phenomenal, 25 years. So uh, let's start off with, tell us a little bit about that journey. I know there's a lot, but some of the key highlights and really, what do you want to tell the listeners today?
1: Well, thanks for the opportunity. You're right. It's been 25 years. It feels like 50 years, but there's been a lot of growth and a lot of learning during that time. I come from an entrepreneurial background, by the way. My parents were immigrants to this country and they started business. So I, at a very young age, had a fundamental appreciation for the power of entrepreneurship, for the power of business to change lives and change communities. So I grew up with a front row seat. to to entrepreneurship and it taught me a lot. It wasn't by accident that at the young age of 25, I'm aging myself now. At the ripe age of 25, I started my own business and I started Pinnacle from our living room floor. And it has been an incredible journey of learning. Our early years, we were hit with our first national crisis. We have now officially been through three, but 9-11 was the first one. I founded the company in 96. And in very short order after 9-11, when the country was in a rebound, uh, so was Pinnacle. And so we grew that year from 2 million and in an eight year period, grew a hundred times our size to 200 million. And of course, today, we manage billions of dollars under management. We have a presence in 10 countries and we're a full work for solutions, professional services company. But when I reflect back on those days, The best visual I can give you of that eight to 10 year period was riding a bull in a rodeo (laughs) and just trying to hold on. (laughs) The way that we got there was by serving a lot of big customers who had a lot of opportunity. And what we needed to be able to do with when you're drinking out of a fire hose is to be able to execute. And so we cut our teeth on execution and operations. And that's really what we're good at today. That's the hallmark of Pinnacle is the ability to execute. That is what we became crazy good at. And through those years, we were birthing new divisions, going into new countries, layering the infrastructure and the systems and the processes that we needed, hiring people, upgrading top talent, top grading. When you grow a hundred times your size in in, in, in less than a decade, it is a difficult, but very rewarding experience. And of course, today, we're a very different company. We're much bigger, obviously. We have a strong management team and all kinds of robust and redundant systems and processes, but it didn't start out that way. The best way I could articulate the journey is just the gratitude of the learning and the speed and the necessity to become really good at execution.
0: Yeah, that's remarkable. Certainly, you've gone through many crises (laughs) over the years and Many challenges in 2008, financial crisis. You talked about 9-11, which was just 20 years a few days back, which is unbelievable that it's 20 years ago. And just recently over the past year and a half or so with, with COVID, just a lot of challenges that you guys faced and everybody faced as well. I'd like to just stick on the theme of entrepreneurship, because I think that's something that I think a lot of corporations don't do a very good job at in terms of a couple different things, even internal employees thinking more entrepreneurial in solutioning for their larger corporation, which is always the way that I went about my business is I own this business, I own this group, I'm responsible and accountable for making change and making positive change and really providing that value to the organization. And that's something that you talk a lot about. And you talk about execution and operations, just being crazy good at that. I think from a differentiation standpoint, that's something that you had to be good at Mm -hmm. as you were growing the organization. So When you think about that value proposition, maybe uh, 10 years ago as you were building, and and even now, you still have to have that value proposition for these larger organizations. So what, what are some of those value drivers and value proposition that some of the leaders and listeners on today's episode can take from that story?
1: But you're absolutely right. To me, a level of leadership is being a person of value, being a company of value, making our customers' problems our problems. But entrepreneurship can be very meaningful and impactful to a supply chain. And the best way I can characterize the how, quite frankly, is by sharing a story <laughs> of what our customers say about us. We were at an industry conference, and one of our customers, uh, a large Fortune 500 type of client, a high buyer of IT service, we, we run their program. And he said, we already are big powerful, and at times bureaucratic. Uh, I don't want to buy big, powerful, and bureaucratic. I want to buy agile, nimble, and entrepreneurial, because you may not have that in your procurement organization. He liked working with Pinnacle Group because in his own words, he could rent the, the flexibility, the entrepreneurship mindset, the adaptability, while bringing it into his own processes. And by the way, I'd say the the same thing is in reverse for us. One of the reasons we love to serve large buyers is because we have that power and that structure to help us do our job. When we work with a customer who buys a lot of IT talent, we can execute certain strategies for them because they have that market power. And so we're able to leverage what they have and they're able to leverage what we have. That is one of the themes That really comes to bear. I can give you an example. Just yesterday, I was talking to one of my executives. And when I say our customers' challenges become our challenges, one of the challenges that companies are having now is how to return to work, how to Mm -hmm. do it in a safe way. Why would the MSP get involved in this, right? But because of our entrepreneurial thinking, our flexibility, our adaptability, we are already developing the type of systems that will track in real time, the level of vaccinations and how to bring people back safely in the contingent labor space. So it's something different. It's not something that we do, but it's something that our customer needs. And it goes back to the frame of being of service. And so leveraging technology and just thinking in an entrepreneur way how to solve their business is just it's a slight example, but it's a very powerful example.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a great example. And I would add to that as well, just recently, again, with you bring up vaccinations and coming back to the workplace. It's a large concern for everyone. And with Biden's executive order, it's something that companies have to have as a top priority in terms of tracking and making sure that they're, they're doing the appropriate thing from a compliance standpoint, again, with the safety and health of everyone in mind. That's something that we're hearing and, and listening to our customers and seeing if there's creative ways in which Beeline can solution for that as well. When you talk about just s- simple things like listening, we dive into the leadership category. You've shown effective leadership for many years and providing value to the customers and, and listening to their needs, et cetera. What are some other examples that you'd like to discuss around being an effective leader in in times of of chaos, good times, bad times, et cetera?
1: Mike, leadership is a topic that we could talk about for hours. It has (laughs) so many elements when it's such a broad topic. I want to focus in on just a couple of elements of leadership that are really important in my mind or that I have used. It's an approach, if you will and then maybe just give you some examples of the steps a leader can take during a time of crisis. So to me leadership is the intersection of two competing concepts. Number one is the act of service, servant leadership. In my opinion, a leader's role is to help those in their charge be more successful than they otherwise would be without them. That is the job of a leader is making other people successful. So for me, I never ask anyone to do anything I wouldn't want to do myself. It's a servant mentality. I'm there to serve them. I am there to help them be more successful. That is one element of leadership. But the second element of leadership that I think is equally as important is you can't want someone's success more than the person themselves. And what I mean by that is You can't want their success more than they want it. They have to exhibit the hunger. They have to exhibit their willingness to learn. So for me, bringing those two concepts together about finding people who really are hungry, who really want leadership, who are willing to work hard, and then to serve them relentlessly to make them successful, to me, the combination of those two concepts is an element of leadership.
0: Yeah, that's great. So this next question, entrepreneurship and some of the things we're talking about and leadership, they they do melt together in many instances. When you talk to different clients and different prospects, do they receive the leadership or are they trying to lead the discussion more? Are they willing to listen to what you guys bring to the table or you bring to the table from a leadership perspective and all the experience that you have?
1: I think the answer to that question is it varies And our approach is very unique. And I'll tell you why. Most companies, when you're trying to speak to them, you're showing off your assets. We're big. We have scale. We do this or we do that. You're talking about your assets and what you can bring to them. And Pinnacle's approach is more about our values and our beliefs. And so we lead with our, our values and our beliefs and our desire to be of service. That is something you can truly connect with. Once you are connected, once you figure out the why, Mm. then you can figure out the how. So for us, our approach is to create really deep and meaningful relationships with customers that share our same values. Quite frankly, we don't refer to them internally at Pinnacle as customers. We refer to them as partners because what we do to help them in our execution and operational mode is one aspect of the relationship But if we share the same values, that we can work in different areas. Let me give you an example. We were really proud to be named in one of our customers' values report, something that they tell the world. They measure themselves. They publish a values report. It's public. They want to tell the world who their partners are. That was really meaningful to me because it said to me, we're doing much more than just providing MSP services or IT professional services or whatever service they're buying from Pinnacle it means we're aligning in our values. And that makes for a very long relationship. I'm proud to say that most of our large enterprise customers have been our partners for over 20, 21 years, which is when Pinnacle had its renaissance after 9-11.
0: Yeah, that's impressive. Uh, Customer retention that's for our business. That's a a huge thing for us. That's wonderful. And I think that goes to the Entrepreneurialship mindset and the leadership, being more strategic and having that ability to help that path forward, and making the customer and client continuously on the cutting edge, and making sure that they're agile and nimble with you. I think that's uh, that's huge. For
1: sure, the you know Pinnacle's approach has never changed. Of course, we're much larger, as I mentioned today, than we were 25 years ago. But our mindset and our mentality, now remember, we grew up proving ourselves. We grew up having to prove ourselves, having to be of value, be of service, constantly having that entrepreneurial thinking and being grateful to have the opportunity. When I reflect back at our 25 years, I could name three CPOs, and you're one of them, who had really been a game changer to our company and have really opened doors and had the courage to take a chance on us when we were smaller. And so for me, that same mindset of being of service, of uh, not taking things for granted, of the gratitude of the opportunity, that still exists and is alive in Pinnacle today. That hasn't gone away. We don't win a program and say, all right, we're good here. We are proving ourselves every single year, proving our value and everyone having that attitude that's why we last 20
0: years yeah and I think that's a key message for everyone I think constantly proving ourselves improving your value on a daily basis that's just critical for, for anyone any business uh, any person that's looking to get ahead and continue to drive value and do different things again th- mm-hmm. th- our third topic of corporate culture we talk about a lot of the things that make pinnacle the way that you guys run things and you' thought process, your approach, but uh, talk about the people a little bit. And when we get into the culture, obviously over the last 25 years, you've hired some phenomenal people. You've grown those people and developed them and you constantly have to hire new people as well. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of that culture that you continue to portray within your organization.
1: When it comes to culture, it's difficult to define our corporate culture with just one thing. But it it does start with our purpose, which is to connect people with opportunity. That's literally, that's what we do for a living. We connect people with opportunity. Then the values we apply to living out that purpose, I think that is how we have grown our culture. It's not easy to do, but it's really simple. Our values are just putting people first, delivering excellence in everything we do, and giving back to the communities in which we live and work. It is literally that simple, but those values and how we live those values, that is what's created our culture. I I think that the beauty of that is that it gives people the opportunity to create their own experience. It's tethered with those values, but every single person has their own journey and create their own adventure. For me, that's the real magic of Pinnacle. Is that the path they walk is of their own creation, but it's connected with our values and our purpose.
0: I love that. Culture is talked a lot about in these large organizations. I know from my prior experience being in very large organizations, it's talked too much about and not acted on enough. When I reflect back on, my time in the previous organizations in at Beeline, the the culture is just phenomenal and it's inspiring. It really allows for people to grow develop and just be happy with what they're doing. It's very simple. It's getting up in the morning and saying, "Hey, yeah, this is what I want to do and I'm I'm having a great time doing it." Some days are harder than others, but right. the culture is there and the principles are there, the values are there, and it starts from the top in our organization just like it does in your organization with you being on the top and making sure that everybody lives that and breathes that on a daily basis. And I I wish larger organizations would do more of that. When you think about culture, the importance of positive culture and a great culture is going to be even more important, in my opinion, going Mm -hmm. forward as talent is harder to find.
1: Mm -hmm. We have to
0: expand how we're thinking about the culture and the people and what we're doing. What are your thoughts on that when you're thinking about talent and continuing to grow as an organization?
1: You are absolutely unequivocally spot on. The challenge for corporations who talk a lot about culture, to your point, but may not have the culture, to me, in my mind, that's the difference between being sincere and being serious. One can be sincere about their goals, but not serious. So when you are both sincere and serious, that's when you create real change, not just sincerely wanting it, but getting serious about putting in the steps or putting in the plan of actually doing it. I love the reflection you shared of the beeline environment of waking up in the morning and just how much that culture really energizes you. Early on, we started a tradition and we've maintained this tradition for 25 years. And that is celebrating our progress and tying it to our purpose. It's never about growth. It's never about profit. It's about what is the big picture here? What are we all doing this for? How do we connect our work to our purpose and have meaning? And then how do we celebrate the wins Because you're right. I've been accused of being positive. (laughs) Positive (laughs) is a great thing. It is one of my top five strengths, I will tell you. Hmm. But every business has to succeed. And if you're, and, and succeeding takes a lot of hard work. If your only focus of success is the hard work and you're not celebrating the milestones, you run the risk of creating drudgery. People work extremely hard. No one works a nine to five hour job anymore. The work that you do has to have positivity and meaning. When you have success, and even when it's not perfect, because we all know success is not perfect, celebrating them, creating something positive, rewarding people, praising them, connecting the dots to the bigger picture, that positivity and that energy creates people wanting to do that over and over again. Overly focused on perfection is a challenge. And for me, I've never allowed the negative to creep in. I've always focused on the positive aspects and the bigger picture. Every year at Pinnacle, we have a theme and we rally around that theme and we celebrate the progress. We're transparent about the progress. We just had our global all hands meeting yesterday where people around the globe, we get together. Zoom makes that possible now. Investing in that connection, investing in that transparency, investing in that positivity, that reward and that celebration and reminding ourselves of connecting the dots to the meaning is the key to our approach. Oftentimes you're so busy with your head down and you're working that sometimes it's important to look up. Each of us are connected to something much, much larger than ourselves. And sometimes we forget that. And so for me, that constant reminder of our purpose and our value and what the long game is, is something that energizes people.
0: Yeah. It's not even just the right thing to do, in my opinion. It's, it, it energizes people and it's very positive and all of that fun stuff. And maybe some of the listeners will say that's all fluffy and great, but does that translate? Do you think your partners and your clients see that and how do they react to it? I, I know my answer from what I work with you, but I'll, I'll, let me ask you that question first.
1: I hope that they do. (laughs) When a person is fulfilled and they love what they do, that comes out in how they conduct themselves every day. One of the things that we just talked about the length of how long we keep our customers. The other is the length of how long people stay at Pinnacle. Our industry is known for being a revolving door. People stay a couple of years and then they leave. When people are attached to values and purpose, when they're allowed to create their own entrepreneurial journey within an infrastructure and a framework. I think people, to your point now more than ever, want to understand purpose. They want to connect it with meaning and the work that they do. So I'm hopeful that our customers can feel that in everyone. But I'd be curious to see what you have to say.
0: Yeah. The answer is yes. I definitely heard it, saw it, felt it, and it was infectious. It really was. The more that this world becomes virtual and companies have people working all over the world, talent moves around quite a bit. So when you have folks and suppliers where they don't have that energy, they don't have that passion, and the actual talent that you're working with that other company, there's a strong possibility that they're going to be poached or pulled into different organizations where that person who is passionate and who who is a leader and who is doing really great things is going to go to another organization. So I I think that is sometimes overlooked during that kind of evaluation process, even into the retention uh, process as well, and keeping focused with a a partner, like you say, Nina, that continues to show that passion, the growth, and invests in their employees because it's really important. I know we're on this topic uh, quite a bit today, but I really feel like it's a super important topic because it's going to continue to get harder and harder.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I feel like there are leaders and then there are those who lead but if it, leaders hold a position of power and influence, but those who lead inspire people. When people follow a leader, it's typically not because of the leader. It's because the leader brings out something in them. It's mm-hmm. really about themselves. If they can see a vision that they are inspired by, that's why people follow. Yeah. Not because of the leader themselves, but because that leader is able to stir up that passion in themselves. Yeah. That's how people connect has been my opinion.
0: Absolutely. What are some of the things that you have your strategic imperatives as an organization that you guys are, are thinking about and potentially roadblocks in the future or things that you're putting some more emphasis on outside of just your internal talent, but it could be with clients or partners or anything along those lines, more of a future looking thought process that some of the listeners might be interested in?
1: You know, it's interesting that you asked me that question about the future. I I just had a conversation with Mika Brzezinski yesterday from MSNBC. And Mm -hmm. she asked me a question no one had ever asked me before. She was part of the Forbes, 50 women honoring over 50 years old. She said, and I asked all 50 of them this question I'm going to ask you. And I said, oh boy, (laughs) here we go. She said, when you were in your 20s, and you were in your 30s, did you ever think of your career over 50? She inspired me to think about the concept of time. So maybe that's what I want to share with your listeners today, since we did spend a lot of time on leadership. And to me, as a leader, As a conscious leader, the concept of time has always been front and center. Oftentimes we think about our legacy. I've been thinking a lot about that since I had a big birthday. (laughs) And when we think about legacy, it's about us, my name, my legacy. As i thought about this a little bit more deeply, maybe a different question or a better question is not, what is my legacy? But maybe it's what kind of ancestor do I want to be? What kind of contribution do I want to be part of to create an impact? When I think about your audience being in the procurement chain, and when I couple the idea that business and the impact that business can have on lives, the impact that business can have on an individual and a family and a community and really in the world, a beautiful reflection is how are you contributing to the world in the work that you do as a conscious leader, being able to hold two things at once. Number one, in the grand scheme of a large world, the insignificance that we have in this huge world, And then at the same time, the significance that we have in the day and now and the very people we touch. So for me, the wake that you leave, the decisions that you make and how powerful that can be in in a procurement chain is maybe something to think about. Again, we're so busy head down. It's difficult to think about the long game and the impact and the meaning of our work. But I, I want to invite people to think about that a little bit more. The significance of our wake and what kind of ancestor we want to be, or what kind of contributions do we want to be part of? Because that helps unpack a little bit more about meaning and what we can do every day. Are you just an individual in the supply chain, or are you in the business of changing lives through business? But I mean, that is a whole different frame, and a frame maybe that is hopefully helpful. Uh, to your audience today, I tend to think a lot about the large frame, and I want to invite others to do so.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. Everybody is at different points of their kind of maturity of where they are in their career. That point of view is really interesting. Even some of our younger listeners can think about that because. it's like building a strategy, right? Where do you want to be in 20 years or 30 Mm -hmm. years or even 10 years? And then trying to find a, a path to get there. So you talk about where you want to be over the next few years and what your legacy is. And I think you can think about that even when you're a little bit younger, right? It's a good thought process and it's a little bit different way to look at it. But I think that's a very powerful, very cool message.
1: It reminds me of the saying... You can count the seeds in the apple, but you can never count the apples that will come from those seeds. And I think all of us vastly underestimate the wake that we leave in our life. Everything that we do impacts the world in a far greater way than we'll ever imagine. To be thinking about our wake and the kind of apples that are coming from our decisions is something to your point, we don't take the time to think about. Yeah. So I was hopeful that I could invite the listeners to just take a couple of minutes and to connect those dots, the courageous decisions that you made in your former career of inviting us to participate. It created such a meaningful change at Pinnacle and opening up a different continent, leveraging the scalability, inviting Beeline to do so in Chile. It brought so Hmm. many beautiful things came from that courageous decision. We are one of those apples. <laughs> I'm not saying if you're in procurement, only select entrepreneurial companies. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in your portfolio, is there a percentage of time where vetting the right companies and taking a calculated risk can be helpful to the ecosystem? That's what I'm saying. Nothing yeah. is ever black or white or hundred percent, but is there a chance to be more entrepreneurial? in your procurement organization, in your portfolio? And if so, what are the apples that can come out of that?
0: There are so many opportunities for procurement folks. We talked about this on my last episode around elevating the the strategic thought process within procurement folks that are in these large organizations. And there's tremendous opportunity for procurement professionals across the globe to elevate that discussion, to add more value, et cetera. That point is going to hit home pretty nicely to, to a lot of folks.
1: I'm counting on it. And I'm glad because I I wanted to take the opportunity just to recognize how procurement can have an incredible impact in business.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think you talk about the wake too. You've left an unbelievable wake in the diversity, equity, and inclusion arena. I, I think there's been a tremendous amount of activity in this space over the last few years. And a lot of progress has been made. Your opinion, Nina, are we making a significant uh, enough progress in this space? Or are we thinking about it the right way? Are People doing the right things. Just your overall thought process the last couple of years and the path forward there.
1: You know, I feel like COVID has disrupted <laughs> just about everything that we do. And if you think about it, COVID accelerated a lot of the processes, opportunities, threats that were already in motion. Mm-hmm. We just had to get there a lot faster. When you ask the question, "Are we headed in the right direction?" the I don't know that I have the answer, but here's what I do know. What an opportunity to learn because the dynamics of today were not in business in our industry. We're not the dynamics of yesterday. And for us, again, applying the entrepreneurial frame, the old saying crisis reveals character. And I think this crisis has revealed the way that we go about challenges. So I I don't know that I have the right answer for you, but I know that I'm going to continue to learn. I'm going to continue to be inquisitive. I'm going to continue to be curious. So many things that we are doing as a company are different today than they were pre-COVID. The last 18 months have been so challenging. Most people 18 months ago wouldn't have guessed that remote work was a big part of company culture. All of a sudden, now it is. In fact, consultants today are deciding whether to take the job or not, depending on whether you work on-site or not. There are big companies leading the way of being 100% virtual. And there are other companies who are not there yet. They're still learning and thinking. So what you're seeing in the marketplace is just a conflict of companies, maybe their perspectives. And I don't think everything is settled down yet. So we're still in learning mode. We're still trying to appreciate and understand Biden's executive order and what that means for us. There's just a lot of confusion in the marketplace right now. When there's change, there's conflict. And when there's conflict, there's an opportunity to not be reactive, but to Mm -hmm. respond. To me, as a conscious leader, it is my responsibility not to react, but to respond. I'm reminded of the saying, with consciousness, there is choice. Without it, there's only habit. And so let's not just break into habit of how we do things. Let's take the time to step back and be more conscious, because when we are more aware or more conscious, we have a choice of how we respond. We just had our global all hands call and the frame that I gave the company. This is the frame I have, not just for our industry, but in general, given the fact that this is our third national crisis, one thing I know to be true, I I know this with unwavering certainty, is that after every crisis comes a rebound. That has inspired Pinnacle to respond in a very different way than others. Pinnacle is double downing on investing on people, on technology, because we knew that there will be a rebound. We don't know when or how, but we're, we are investing in infrastructure. We're implementing Workday. We're infrastructure in people. We've hired 65 new people since May. We're investing in structure, people. We're moving into a new building come October to celebrate our 25 year anniversary. The theme is newness, but we are relentlessly investing because we understand that we are in a rebound. And when you're in a rebound, that's a career making opportunity. That's when people make their names, make careers. You have to grab this opportunity right here, right now by the horns and appreciate where we are as a country and as an industry. So that's my frame.
0: I just took down a whole page of notes on that. (laughs) That was awesome. But the rebound, absolutely. The rebounding is huge. And Just like you said, in terms of investing, we're doing the same thing at Beeline. We're doubling down, we're investing in talent, we're investing in the technology. It's a great opportunity for a lot of different companies and a lot of different people. So I couldn't agree with you more. This concludes the episode for today. I would like to thank Nita again for joining me for a great discussion and a great episode. If you would like more information on Pinnacle, you can go to their website, www.pinnacle1.com. The and I'm also sure she would love to have some more followers on LinkedIn. So follow her on LinkedIn and also on Twitter at PinnacleHQ and at Nina Vaca as well. Be sure to connect and follow me on LinkedIn and follow at BeelineVMS on Twitter to stay informed on upcoming episodes. Again, I would like to thank everyone for listening. Be safe out there and have a great day.